You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome from the Cheap Seats, Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and the illustrious Brandon Atkins in the house. What's up? Hurricane geared up. Yeah, New Jersey. Ready to rock and roll. The dude. brand that, new that is hurricane flag one. Damn. That is the dopeness. It's the fetch, baby. Yeah, that's like a legit. That's not a replica. That's no, like man. Check it out. I'm going to turn around. Somebody's back. It's got this. What, what? is that? Uh, you should actually like hook that up and what, hook it into your Do you pants. know what that is? Doesn't so. Hurt, hook, go ahead. Go for it. No. Do you know what it is? Doesn't it hook you into your pants? Okay. So, many moons ago, there's fighting allowed in hockey, for those who don't know. Oh, really? Well, a disadvantage would be the first guy to be able to pull the jersey up over the guy's head oh, yeah. would be able to beat the heck out of him. So, to eliminate that, they added those clips so you can't get the jersey over the guy's head. I know you very well, and I know how you're able to get on your worst night. You probably want to work that out and just... Not just for that jersey. You probably want to go ahead and button your shirt into your pants on any given night. You need to hook it to your belt, every shirt you own. I leave it unhooked (laughs) because I want that challenge. Go ahead and try to pull my shirt over my head. I'm going to throat punch you. All right, hey. Berlin style, baby. Bam. Brandon's got the pressure on him. He is absolutely on the clock because he's got to get to this Canes Rangers game here yep. shortly. He will not be there in a press capacity. He will be there in a beer drinking capacity. That's correct. So he will be there cheering. He on will the be Canes. doing the storm surge, whether America and Canada likes it or not. All right, so we're going to start with we're we're going to start with Don Cherry. Okay, Don Cherry the. All-time great National Hockey Night announcer who is all things to all people in the hockey world says that the Carolina Hurricanes are a bunch of jerks. That's right. Please comment BA. Yeah, man. You know, Trent, you talk a lot more of hockey than I you – know, you know a lot more hockey. The whole hockey stick up in the air wave got stale. According to Justin Williams, those are his words. Yep. And, you know, you wonder why, like I was telling Chris earlier today, you log on to ESPN, and at the headline it's like NFL first, NBA, MLB, soccer, and you got to click on a couple of dots to scroll down to find hockey stuff. These guys are doing the after game. When they win games, they do a little celebration. It might be a little fake duck-duck-goose. Or, you know, someone hits a home run, very much like the NFL group celebrations. What is wrong with this? All right. So, 
Are they making fun of the other team? No, 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 no. This is just something they've added. It's choreographed, so it's planned after a win. They trot out and they do their little skit. I think what Don Cherry's missing, and this is very get off my lawn, and, and I got it, but there are cities throughout this country of ours who are now home to NHL teams, for better or for worse, right. that are not hockey towns. And I got news for anybody that's interested. Raleigh, North Carolina is never going to be a hockey town. All right? You and I know the first family in the state of North Carolina to produce a four-star youth hockey player in the entire state. And it's from right here in Sanford, North Carolina. Not a hotbed for hockey. Never going to be. However, Tom Dundon ain't no dummy. The folks running the Canes recognize they've got to do something to bring more butts in seats and just relying on transplants from Detroit, Chicago, New York, and wherever else to come fill the arena up with visiting fans for games is not a recipe for success. They've got to make it more attractive to the general buying public. This, I think, is cool. It is cool. Even my daughter was like, my kids want to bounce about mid-third period. Regardless, if we're up or down – they're just like tired. I got fifteen year old, about to be thirteen year old. They're ready to go. They've had their dipping dots and high five the canes down where we sit. So they've already experienced what they want. But she actually looked at me and said, "Let's see what they do after you know the three. I guess did they do it right before the three stars? No, I can't remember." Uh, I think it's right before. It's like right before. But they right don't even leave the ice. They all get on the ice. It settles down. The other team's gone. The other team's then gone. The coach is gone. Yep. It's not even on TV. Nope. So the cameras are gone. They the cameras stay and they play it to like you know. John Forslund gets on there there and he like shows it after the game. You know, post game talk. Oh, it's all over social media just to piss everyone off. But yeah, well, it worked because Don Cherry was amply pissed off. There's a lot of people who are pissed off, but you know what? Better to be pissed off than pissed on, I always say. That's right. Unless what, it's your own pee. In that fine. golf tournament that down, was, where is it? Weird. Like in Phoenix or something where they, they have the beer? Yes. Is it Phoenix? Is it? God, where's Kaplan? He would know the God, answer to these him. trivia questions. Anyway, long story short, Brandon. kids, casual fans get drawn into these celebrations, man. And, and, like, listen, it's 2019, man. Let's have a little fun. Let's have so, a little fun. But before we do, I am, you know, the ADD is kicked in full on. Did you drop four bills onto that jersey? No. No, it's not four bills. Three it's like, bills. It's like more like 189. Two, probably like two bills. Really? Yeah, 189. Yeah. Two bills. Hmm. I might have a couple bills to get me one of those. So, That's dope. okay, Don Cherry. Oh, yeah, man. I, That's I, dope. Don Cherry comes on Hockey Night in Canada with a dragon coat on. With something that would be in Elvis Presley's curtains on his windows in Graceland. Hey, don't talk trash about the kids. And what does he say? He says they're a bunch of jerks. A bunch Justin of jerks. Williams wouldn't do that. I can't believe he'd do that. So what did Carolina Jer- Hurricanes do? Hey. They turned around and sold a bunch of bunch of jerks t-shirts. They printed up. Bunch of jerks t-shirts put it online within 24 hours. The hurricane sold 1,680 shirts to 41 states, three countries. 
Booyah, Don Cherry. Bunch of jerks, my balls. And let me tell you how much I love this show, okay? I was going to leave early, Sanford, so I could get into the eye and get me one of these. But it's going to be sold out. By the time I get there, i got to pick up my girl. In fact, Tom Dunn is going to need to sell a hell of a lot of t-shirts to help offset this bill he's just incurred. I don't know if anybody out there is hurt. It appears via reports that the Alliance of American Football wasn't going to be able to make payroll this week, which is not a great signal not from a, good a business start. standpoint. No, I mean, you're a week and a half in and you can't make payroll. Probably not awesome. But their little guardian angel came to the rescue. Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, has stepped up and in exchange for a position as chairman of the league, laced him with $250 million. You think he had that in his drink? Right. Cup, his, like, um, in his couch? I mean, this is if this was something that was coming down the pipe, it was pretty well kept secret. Because, I mean, we've heard about Tebow and Kaepernick, all kinds of stuff. Nobody had any whispers that Tom Dundon might be dropping a check. For two hundred and fifty million dollars, and how does that work? Do you write a check? Do you do you pack it up movie style into a bunch of duffel bags and have I, it delivered to headquarters? I think it's one of those big hit the shot from half court checks, <laughs> or like the, or like Shooter McGavin big check that you just like I don't know you just what throw it at them like you it, sail it over and to in them? an instant in an instance like that if you're gonna have the photo op. And somebody's giving me $250 million to keep my organization afloat. Who has to pay for the check? Because, I mean, that's got to be like, what, 30 35 bucks in printing fees? Is it the know, cat right? that's giving the check? Or is it the organization that's getting the check? Or do you split it down? Do you go Dutch on that? How does that work? I don't know. But do you see the guy who, like, won 20 bucks from the lottery and went, made them print out the big check? No, he didn't. He not. went all the way to the <laughs> home office. <laughs> And made them print out like a check for like it might have been a hungy, but he made them print out that check. I would do I the love same thing. Every though. bit of that. I I don't play the lottery, but I'm gonna start just so that I can hit a hundred dollars and make them print me that check. You can I'm get a dry erase uh, award check for twenty nine ninety nine at Walmart. Like I said, thirty bucks. But if you want to, you know, come on, man. If you're getting two fifty. You gotta. It's gotta be personal. I think it, it comes out be, of there. It can't just be the straight dry race. No, I think it comes out of the uh, check. Oh, I, Scully <laughs> has printed one for me before. I mean, I know how much it costs, and I, you know, you know what? But this I just has want to know written, who foots the bill for that. This has th- what this has written all over it is Dundon wants to be in the NFL. He's going to be an owner, and he is like. He's got the. He's making these contacts with Napoleon and with the other guy's name or whatever the case may be. He's going to go ahead and pay this payroll as he act in good faith because he's got more money than God, right? And he's going to be ready to get that next NFL and that next NFL um, franchise. And that makes me a little nervous for the Hurricanes too. I'll, I'll say this. There's already the Panthers here, right? Yeah, there's a, North Carolina's not going to get a second NFL team. That's not going to happen. Now, it does surprise me because if Dundon I, – I, I'm not sure I'm buying what you're selling because if Dundon wanted into the NFL, he had ample opportunity to try to put a group together to buy Houston. In, in the wake of this Jerry Richardson 
fiasco. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I do think Dundon sees this as a business opportunity. There's a lot of buzz about the AAF, and he thinks it might work. And as a second-type situation in, in North Carolina, what are we, the 11th most populous state in the country? I think you're exactly right. Got a couple right. of the biggest metro areas. Raleigh is underserved. I mean, for pro sports, you got one option right now because North Carolina FC doesn't count, and they can't get out of their own way. But you got the Canes. He might as well go ahead and put it on lock. And here's the other piece is the biggest thing that these AAF franchises are going to need is corporate sponsorships, right? Well, if I own both, dude, it's a whole lot easier to go in and make one meeting and sell both franchises and have the same infrastructure and all that with season with with ticket sales and with marketing and the rest of that stuff. You build that organization once, why not put it to work twice? So I think Raleigh would be a great spot, except <coughs> here's my beef, and I want you to think about this for a second. All right, I'm thinking. The AAF schedule as it stands now runs from the week after the Super Bowl through their April. championship game April 27th. So that means you're starting sometime second week of February probably, all the way to April 27th. Why is that a bad idea in North Carolina? Um, college basketball. There you go. Your ACC tournament starts the second week in March, which is dead smack as your your season for the AAF is getting rolling. And from March 12th this year, you've got the ACC tournament starts March 12th. The following weekend, March 19th, the NCAA start. And the NCAAs aren't over until April 8th. That's – two-thirds of the season for the AAF. If Duke and or Carolina makes a run in the tournament, you can cancel it. I've worked in the tourism industry in this state. Trent has too. Nothing has an impact on the tourism and, and entertainment industry in North Carolina like the ACC tournament and the NCAAs. Well, so me, that's my only concern because you, you've lived your entire life here. How many sports fans in the state of North Carolina do you know that are bigger football fans than they are basketball fans? Not many. Yeah, they don't exist. Well, another thing I'll, I'll try to be funny right now, you'll have plenty of parking in March because NC State's not going to go very far in the tournament. <laughs> that, that was a good one. But you, the other side of that is Carter Finley is the perfect place for a, an event like this. This you and I can agree on. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you on the other side. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats. We're just getting rolling. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins, and the Professor. So, Brandon, we all we assume Carter Finley. We're getting so far ahead of ourselves. This guy just like cut a check for two fifty, and we're like, well, when that team comes to Raleigh, this is where they're going to play. But you got to assume that's part of the deal, right? Yeah, man. I mean, really, you're not stepping on basketball very much. I mean, you might get a regional. Look, I'm going to the, the Hurricanes game. I, that's the same parking for 
um, PNC Arena. Okay, let me ask you a question before, right. you, before you go any farther with that. So the ACC tournament kicks off March 12th. The weekend following for the semis and the final of the uh, ACC tournament, how many Canes games are you going to go to that weekend? I don't know. If they keep playing well, I'm going to go to come, all of them. Come on, dog. If they keep playing well, I'm going to get all of them. If like, I mean, it's a playing, hot ticket if now. If UNC is playing in the semifinals of the ACC tournament, there is zero chance you're going to do anything up against bro, them. Bro, I don't think they're going to really get in each other's way. I really don't think oh, so. Oh, well, fair enough. And plus, Royal Williams doesn't care one ounce about the ACC tournament. He's not going to win it. You hear him already making excuses for UNC and Mass out of the tournament. Think about it. In 15 years, he's been in the ACC. He's won eight regular season titles. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. And the ACC tournament is a small piece of this. But the NCAAs, the country that is the United States of America, shuts down. And it's crazy because the weekend that screws everything up the most is the first weekend. Because right. you come out of that and you're playing the round of six, the the round of thirty two games on that Saturday and Sunday. You open up on Thursday, so you got the first round on Thursday and Friday. The second round that's on second on Saturday and Sunday, dog. That might that might as well be a national holiday. I get you, but we've had this conversation many times. We live in college basketball. Territory. Oh, I'm not saying no, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the AAF as as a national thing, right, right, would be hurt. I'm talking about just a North Carolina team, and and I, it also is fair to say it's always going to be something. But I'm just stating that the king of inter, of the entertainment industry in North Carolina is basketball, college basketball. Oh yeah, and you are going heads up against college basketball for at least half of your season. In the time that matters. Because, frankly, I mean, right now, if if it's a regular ACC season game, yeah, I'm going to go watch football instead. You know, no, no problem. I'll take the game, whatever the case might be. I'm just saying when the ACC and the NCAA tournaments crank up, dog. I, look, I'm just thinking me that. you know somebody that's got a baby because they, they canceled – their snip snip appointment twice, right? Just because UNC was making a run and didn't tell their wife. Yeah, that's not a good. Idea. And just had a baby. What's it been? Six eight months ago. God, come on, man. That's oh, how big college <coughs> basketball is in the state of North Carolina. For those of you listening around the country. Okay, so point well taken. I just feel like it can still fit. It's a three month long season, right? Mm, yeah, about you, two you and a half. You'd be paying for yeah. eight games, right? Tom Dunnan is a genius. He's already proven this with a bunch of jerk T-shirts and all of his millions. And I don't know. I don't know if the T-shirts kind of – I mean, the dude is a multi-billionaire. I don't know if the shirts – All I'm know. saying is that for pretty decent seats for an eight-game season, which is well, they're what playing, They're playing like, ten games ten plus games. Then, then it's a four-team playoff. So it's, it's two rounds of playoffs. Gotcha. You have the playoff round and the championship round. So it's ten. So a season ticket pack – to this thing, as it stands now, assuming they don't expand the season, would be five home games. And you know what? With a little imagination, a little foresight, they probably ought not. You know, they probably ought to be on the road a couple of times during the the. Uh, I, I guess what I'm saying weekends, is like I can be at Carter Finley in 35 minutes. This is the big knock That's against the, the Panthers. Not, all right, call it 40 for traffic. I got you. 
I can be there. I can tailgate, which no Tar Heel fan home game can ever say that they've done. Well, that, that that's for something people that aren't familiar that are around the country. Carter Finley is a great layout. Now, I mean, there's a sprawl of parking, so there's no situation where you're going to have to park away from the campus site itself. I mean, there's there's enough parking with that it's PNC right arena that everybody can park. There's plenty of tailgating opportunities. There's restaurants. Yeah. There's restaurants. Everything's close. Like So, anyway, long story short, for that ticket price, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be cheap to start off. To be able to watch NFL-like talent and be able to leave my house in Sanford, North Carolina, and be there in 40 minutes, tailgate, and watch an NFL-like game – Man, sign me up for all day of that. Well, like, people ask me all the time, how many times have you been to see the Panthers since you moved to North Carolina? None. Dude, that is an over that's got to be a two day adventure. Yeah. Charlotte on a good day's got nasty traffic. But getting in and out of there on game day, by the time you make a basically a three hour trip across the state, get in there, fight traffic, do all the rest of that and come back. That doesn't even sound like fun. No. And the idea no, of no, going no. up there trying to get a hotel room, bro. I, you know what? I'm I'm one of these new school cats. I got a 62 inch TV in my living room. This high definition, high res, and all that nonsense with surround sound and plenty of beer and eats. I'll be watching it from the house. Yes, yes. Count me out of traveling all the way to Charlotte for that. Now, Raleigh, you want to jump in a car? We'll go up there 40 minutes. And you know, even like it is for Canes games and NC State games and this and that, traffic control. It doesn't take any time. I mean, you get in there, you're going to sit in traffic for a minute. But literally, even for a packed house type event, we could leave our houses, be in there seated within an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and then it's the same operation coming home. Yeah, count me in. I'm down. I'll be. I'll buy season tickets. Tom, I'm telling you right now, dog, if, if it season makes any ticket. difference to you, I'll go ahead and commit. I'll buy four sets of season tickets. 50-yard line. I'm not going to get the baller seats like Atkins will get. I'll get them. He'll get them down around row three. I'll get mine about row 33, but I'll buy four of them right now today. And I don't even know anything. I, You know, doesn't matter. In fact, you know what? I'll, I'll go one further. Oh, here we go. I'll commit to buy season tickets. If you'll lock the price in, I'll buy lifetime season tickets. Go ahead and count me and pencil me in. I'll pay annually for the rest of my, for the rest of my natural life. I will be a season ticket holder to this now- Unnamed Raleigh AAF franchise. Got any naming ideas, Trent? You got nothing. No. Come on, dude. I need you to participate, baby. They should be the uh, Raleigh <laughs> Tropical Storms, Shut up, dude. Go back to sleep. The Brandon. Buffalo. Oh, the Wing Buffaloes. So, you know Brandon, what they are said? you with me? You got to commit to lifetime season tickets. Absolutely. If wow. you're a season ticket holder to the Canes, you get free season tickets to the football team. Shut up, dude. He already announced that. What? Yeah. There he isn't a team yet, so he did not announce that. Oh. You just made that up. That's I saw news. it on Twitter. Yeah. Somebody lied to me. But I guarantee there's going to be a bundle, though. There's oh, going to yeah. be some type of, of Hurricanes tie-in bundle. And now all these all these people in this ticket sales department for the Hurricanes. Now they got your round of points. So how how long before the AAF becomes like the minor league system? It already for is. It the is. NFL? I mean, they they haven't made so any bones now, about this. Why not have a team? The Carolina Panthers has their team two hours away. Oh, it's not going to no, come on. No. It, it won't get it's to the stupid. point where they have a farm system where it's thirty-two teams and each one of the NFL squads has theirs. You might get to a situation where 
you know, they're splitting. And like NFL Europe, teams used to place five players into the pool that were on their roster and loan them to the European teams. Might be something like that, but I don't think it needs to be. Right now, these guys, it's funny because I was having a conversation with my kid the other day. He's made the, made the conversation. I don't want to go through the degree plan I'm in right now because starting salary is $36,000 a year. And I was like, son, what's the starting salary for you if you don't get this degree? And he had nothing. And I was like, yeah, bro, you're not going to step out of high school with no experience and go do anything legal for $36,000 a year. These guys on the AAF payroll are making 80 grand a year. That's not a bad living for a young athlete to go out there, especially if they're trying and there's potential for them to do more. So these cats, they're they're not getting paid a pittance. 80 grand in today's modern society. That's solid. Ain't a bad living, dude. It's solid. It's solid. So I think this is stable as long as they can make the economics work. Um, As far as formalizing it with the NFL, I think that would do it a disservice. I don't need this to be NFL 2. I don't need it to be the junior NFL. Let it be the alliance. In fact, we were talking about that. Quit calling it the AAF. Just call it the alliance because AAF is dumb, and it doesn't sound good, and it doesn't roll off the tongue. The alliance, that's kind of dope. I'm not going to lie. The alliance. Let's come up with the jingle real quick. I Was that good enough? No, probably not. No, you know the Skyhawks. When they were in Raleigh, they played in Cardiff Finley. So they already have some precedence. Of course, that league folded after one year. Which but which league are you talking about? Was It was a Raleigh-Durham league uh, called the Skyhawks. No, what league? It was, was the USFL, the XFL, I think it was WFL, the U.S. The... No, it wasn't. It was like a European league. League. Oh, did they did they have a team in the in the old NFLE? I think it was um, Don Capers might have coached that team. I'm just guessing now. I need to come up with some facts. Dom Capers. I need I need um, Robert Bricky here to say don't worry about the facts. Remember? Yeah, facts are immaterial. Now I do have to I do have to give a shout out to Mr. Bricky, and I'll do that on the other side of the break. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. We're gonna try and talk BA into hanging out one more it's, segment. By the way, it's Roman Gabriel. Peace. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. 
Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. All right, welcome back from the team seats. That was one more rise. Breaks we've ever had, but it was so long I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, Robert Bricky. So Bricky's still out of town, and then he's practicing this Firebirds thing. I know he's having fun with this whole situation, but I think he neglected to take into account just exactly how advanced in years he is at this point. And they are working the teetotal crap out of this dude, man. Between being the full-time financial guru that he is and then traveling you know, quite a little bit between Fayetteville and Raleigh to get back and forth to practices and the road trips and all the rest of that stuff, I met up with him and had a drink. Trent, we we came by your establishment and had a couple adult beverages. That dude's like wiped out, man. Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for him, except that he brought it on himself. Um, But, yeah, he sends his regards. But I got to say, so last night I'm sitting minding my own business, watching some TV. Should have been studying, but I wasn't. Watching some TV, chilling. And I get this random text out of nowhere, and it's to a newsletter. And I'm like, what the, what is this? And Bricky sends me some weird stuff every once in a while. I got to be careful because he's got a funny sense of humor. And my wife is sitting there and I'm not trying to open it up and have be some, you know, porn stuff or something. But I open wow. it up. I open it up Call and it's out. this newsletter. And you know, you get these newsletters, these random emails that are like, hey, check out these deals and whatever. And I'm like, dude, are you really forwarding me spam? Come on. And then I open, I'm like, whatever, man. I'm glutton for punishment. I open the link. And I was like, dude, that's touching. You know me, dog. He had sent me a sale that had been forwarded to him, I guess, but it was for Puma Suede's. So I'm like, all right, cool. That price is amazing. Let me see the colors that are available. Eh, for the price, they had them for 20 bucks for, for a couple of different styles. I've got all of those. And I was like, ah, well, whatever. But then I was like, hold up, wait a minute. Let me go see what else is deeper in this link. So I dive in. And the long story short is by the end of that next little 20 minutes of internet surfing and browsing, I bought three more pair of Pumas. <laughs> I just thought you'd appreciate that, dude. I, you got? Do you have one pair on? Is that, is that an old oh, pair? Oh, no, I just bought those yesterday. Dude, I've got like 20 pairs. These are fresh. Man. But, oh, I'll show you. I'll show you fresh. I'll see you're fresh and up you. Let me let me Double show fresh. you what I got going on, dude. This is my favorite pair. I didn't know that Puma, you know, they entered the basketball market, but they've been doing some cool stuff over at Puma. Can't lie. And Puma, 
I need you to sponsor this show. Puma and Four Loco, we talk about you more than any other brands out there. But Puma has been doing some really cool mashups with other brands. And I had never seen these before, but apparently these are limited edition. They're Puma versus Pepsi. Ooh. Right? Huh. Interesting. Check that out. Let me peep this. So Puma has a Pepsi edition that's out right now. And I was like, dude, it's my favorite color. I don't really love Pepsi, but I don't have any bright blue Pumas, so, so I got to hook is it Is that the shoe, the shoe you get when you ask for a Coke, and they're like, no, we only have Pepsi? Pepsi. Yes, yeah, something like that. But then I had to have a conversation with my wife. You know I got those Shastas, right? <laughs> At the swab meet. You know, most, of, <laughs> most folks, especially folks that don't live in the South, they have no oh. idea what you're talking about. Remember the commercials? Give me a, what was it? Give me a pop, pop, pop. I want a Shasta. You remember that? I don't remember that. I want a pop, And I'm so, I'm trying to block that from going into my earlobes right now. I think it was something like that. But I had to have a conversation with my wife because I had to get her validation. And I teach my kids that normally, if you bring an ethical dilemma to me or a question that you're unsure about, my guidance to them 99% of the time is if you have to ask that question, you already know the answer. Nice. You know what I'm getting at? They're like, well, what if I what if I don't call this boy back or you know, something like that? You get what, what I'm saying? What Try if you're my, a parent a couple times over. Are you gonna freaking participate? Is your mic off? What are you doing? What, what no, if, well, fair enough. So what what if my girlfriend said I don't need to get her a Valentine's Day gift? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Because you already know. That you need to get that gift. You're just asking to get me to validate your bad decision. Right? Yeah. So everybody's tracking what I'm saying. So I go on and Puma's got this really cool promotion going on with these limited edition sneakers. And they're called Power Through Peace. And I'm looking and I'm like, man, I've never seen those before. So I'm flipping through. And they've got a Power Power Through Peace Central America. They've got a Power Through Peace Europe. They've got one for Asia. They've got it's cool, and I'm like, all right, those shoes are all right. Yeah, they're okay. I I can dig them, but I wouldn't wear them. And then I get to the Power Through Peace Africas, and I'm like, I gotta have those, <laughs> Bruh. right? I gotta have them. <coughs> yeah. But before I could pull the trigger, I had to have this conversation with my wife because. I'm a pretty white guy. They're fly. And I had to make sure that it was okay for the white guy to get the power Trent through Trent doesn't even look at them. No, dude. No, I already ordered them. I mean, uh, I, I own them now. They're okay. in route to my house right now. I don't think you're allowed to wear those. Well, it's okay because I got the blessing. No, that doesn't count. You, you, know, like, <laughs> no. you think she was just being nice to me? It's bad. You can't hey, wear trip. those Dude. out in public. Really? No, I wouldn't. Oh. Especially to school. I wouldn't Ugh. wear those to school. That's trip. where I'm concerned about too, man. Yeah, I wouldn't. Because not everyone's going to be as open-minded, man. Well, here's the thing, so. though: is is people that know me know me. Dude, I no, I'm a Puma suede guy. I've I wouldn't. I wouldn't Puma go to a rap suede. concert in a Fubu shirt. You know? Sorry. Nobody would go to a rap concert in a Fubu. Back shirt. Back in the '90s, I wouldn't have. That dude. Anyway, Trent, do you know the, the owner? Thanks, you were for raining on my parade. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm not allowed to wear them to school. I don't. 
I Trent, would not. Do you know the birth mm. where the birthplace of Pepsi is? North Carolina. Where? South Bend. Newburn, baby. Oh. Air Newburns. I could see me like rising uh, up on somebody, dunking in their face in some Air Newburns. So, do you know what other major soft drink originated in North Carolina? RC Cola. I don't think so. Dr. Pepper. No. I like Dr. Pepper. Cheerwine. Oh, yeah. No, I thought it was South Carolina. No, Cheerwine is definitely from here. Was it Salisbury? I don't know. Anyway, that was a cool conversation, guys. Thanks for playing. Cheerwine is my favorite soda. And at one time, Newburn was the capital of North Carolina before Raleigh was. I had no idea. Yeah, man. Dropping some knowledge on you guys. Now, I got to tell you, if you you own a restaurant, if you own a convenience store. Like Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room? Well, let me tell you about Cooper's here in just a second. (laughs) But because because there's a joke going around that you're not let in on yet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell oh, you about it here in great. a second. But I'm gonna tell you right now. Every morning I commute. Every morning before I begin that commute, I stop and I get a soft drink. I don't drink coffee in the mornings. I just want my soft drink and I want to kick it. What's now, your soft drink? Choice? Well, that's my thing. Is my my personal preference because I'd like to halfway take care of my body is I drink a diet soda. I don't like the dead sugars in, in a normal soda. How? What I'm telling you is, is that today, as it stands right now, there is nowhere that I have found along my route that I can get Diet Cheerwine. If you are willing to put Diet Cheerwine into your fountain, I will stop at your place of business every single day to get at least one, maybe two, because I might get one on the way back. Both Just saying, why is Diet Cheerwine not a bigger thing? Because diet soda drinkers, come on, dude. Given the choice, nine times out of ten, they're going the diet cheer wine. It is bomb ass. I don't understand why it's so hard to make that happen. I Cir- think Circle Ks don't even carry cheer wine in the. I'm fountain. thinking like the Circle K that I go to every morning does carry cheer speed wine. wine. Speedway have, does. Speedway does not. They trust have cheer me. wine. They don't have diet cheer wine. No. Yeah, yeah. Got it. What's so why that's what I'm is just like, saying. I don't understand why there's this. You've got 16 different types of Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke. Look, if, here's, a, here's a clue. If you've got Coke Zero on your fountain, there really isn't any reason to have Diet Coke. Nobody in their right mind is going to choose Diet Coke over Coke Zero. That's yeah. just not going to happen. And as for the Pepsi, you've got Diet Pepsi and the Pepsi Diet ca- Caffeine-Free. Dude, come on. Yeah, the Diet Pepsis are whack. And I'll say, right? yeah, I mean, they're whack. Diet Mountain Dew is 100% the they got the juice, bro. I agree. And Diet uh Sun Drops not too bad. But uh um, I don't know that I've ever tried Diet Sun Drop in my it's life. It's good, man. It's good. Right. What were you talking about? <laughs> oh, so, all right, Cooper's Wine Room. It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room. Okay, but there are some places where the logo appears and it is Cooper's Wine Room. But it's all kind of mushed together. And the place used to be the Steel Pig, right? Right. So the joke that is floating around that I think is kind of funny is that it's really called Cooper's Swine Room. You don't even get it, do you? No, I don't. Oh, come on, man. Cooper's Wine Room. You're just smushing the... There you go. So the pig is still in there. Cooper's Swine Room. 
You get me? That's not a joke that's going around. It is around. kind of funny. It is actually kind of going around. No, it's not. It might only be going around my living room between my wife and I, but it's going uh-huh. around by God. Okay, cool. Thanks for uh, your help with I marketing. Your no, marketing dude, help. that's cool. Hey, I bro, haven't heard that joke. Let me joke. tell you something. So before I come in here today, I go to get my hair cut. I'm sitting in the freaking salon. Three people ask me, when's the place going to open up? When is the place going to open up? I don't know. I'm making a public pronouncement. But Brandon Atkins, the people want to know. When is Cooper's Wine Room going to open? It's probably next week. What? It's probably next week. Now we're at the mercy of the health department. Uh, so, we, you know, we just got to get on calendars and stuff. It's the man right? holding you back. Nah, see, that's what why we've never come out with the, a um, an opening date, because it just makes no sense to ever come out with one. We'll be open when we're open. I promise. We'll shoot it out there. This dude, given the... Given the Bill Belichick answer. My sales will drop when they open. On to New England. It's pretty sad. I don't know that we would ever compete with each other, bro. No, because I'll lose Baron. (laughs) Baron, yeah. (laughs) That's right. My bartenders are going to have to make more money off of somebody else. That is an enormous hit. That golden tea is like going to... He doesn't even play that that much. What? It's kind of disappointing. Oh. Well, you need somebody I gotta to do play better, with. man. I got to get over there and see you and, and become more acquainted with that golden tea machine. I feel bad. I played it. it I got some long putts on that thing. I think one of my servers is like the number one player now. I think he really? spends all his tips after work on golden cool, tea. So I also have to tribute to uh, to Bricky. Um, he is he he ruined my life. So Brick, holler at a brother, man. I hadn't heard from you in a long Bricky, time. Bricky, Bricky, oh God. So I try to limit my online telephone gameplay to one game at a time at any given point in my life. Right. Because otherwise I end up and I'm like in the phone, I'm gonna do this thing, whatever, whatever. So I'm talking he, he was we were driving, he went to the bathroom while he was there. I was I was doing something on my phone. He came back, he said, What are you playing? That's my Marvel Strike Force. I've been on that game for about a year. I play with it, hit it about once a day, whatever. I'm done. Not a big deal. And he's like, oh, man, I've been on that Golf Clash. And I was like, Golf Clash? I've seen trailers for that. He's like, man, you should check it out. It's cool. I was like, I will. I never should have done that, dude. Straight crack cocaine. And as I get to playing it, I'm in it for, I don't know, over – Last weekend, I'm on it, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to keep playing. I can't, I can't get enough. And I finally hit this dude up. And I'm like, hey, man, I can't find you on here. Are you on Facebook? Because, you know, it's like one of those games that links through Facebook. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Hold up. I'll send your request. He sends it through to me. And I go, and I look at this dude's profile. Uh, given his career statistics on Golf Clash, my estimate would be that he probably plays about six hours a day every day. Yeah. Because he's doing things on that game that are, like, inhumane. And now I'm hooked to it, too. And I told my wife, I was like, dude, he plays this joint a lot. And without even so much as looking at me, she said, oh, you will, too. Oh. She knows me better than anybody. Played you. You're hanging out with From the Chief Seats. We'll get back to sports here right now. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage 
and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Chris Lambert. Professor Trent Nichols, I think we're alone now. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. <laughs> My favorite version of that song is Weird Al Yankovic's. I think I'm a clone now. There always seems to be another one of me around. That's pretty dumb. Weird Al, man, I, I, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I like Weird Al. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird. And now I'm not listening to you with regard to the yellow shoes that I ordered because your judgment, I don't know. Anyway, so if you see me in some yellow shoes. I am not hanging out with you. With some colors on them, you'll know. Because it doesn't really identify what it is. You would have to know what they are. Yeah, but. but uh, I can rock them. So, yeah, okay. So my question to you, Trent, I'm I done. paid, I, I got these things on sale. They were, they're normally 90 bucks. I got them for 45 how many of those could I buy with three hundred million dollars? Uh, probably twelve. <laughs> Manny Machado signed with the San Diego Padres for three hundred million dollars, and just proves to me I'm not living right. Well, this guy. Listen, before you say anything, anything. I know there's like seven baseball fans left in the country. Manny Machado's not a star in Major League Baseball. I don't care what anybody says. The only reason this guy has been a story is because we knew he was going to hit free agency at 26 years old. That doesn't happen very often. These guys, Nick Senzel, who who is uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds' number one prospect, a, a consensus number 10 prospect in all of baseball, is not going to hit free agency after he comes up He'll be up this year. They won't bring him up to start the season. They're going to push him back. He won't be a free agent, an unrestricted free agent, until he's almost 30. So it's not very common for a guy that's good to become a free agent at 26. Manny Machado, in his best year, has never hit 300. Wait a minute. No, no, hold on. Manny Machado, he is a four-time All-Star, a two-time Gold Glove winner, a Platinum Glove winner. He has... 1,050 hits, 175 home runs, and he has a career 282. You're telling me he's not worth $300 million? That's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> absolutely right on that one. 
Because that is unbelievable. Listen, the story through this offseason where MLB is get, could not have gotten it worse. They could not have done a worse job with this. The story of this winner should have been Bryce Harper and his world tour through cities that are not going to sign him to a $300 million contract. Now, here's the, here's the deal. I honestly believe if somebody had put $300 million on the table for Bryce Harper, who is a year younger, by the way, <laughs> and exponentially better, he'd have signed the contract. He would have had to. It's historic. But nobody did. And the Padres put 300 mil out there over 10 years for Manny Machado. He takes it. If Manny Machado's worth $300 million over 10 years, Bryce Harper's worth half a billion. (laughs) Bryce Harper, if he continues on his current trajectory, is a lot to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Not to mention the fact people across the country Everybody knows Bryce Harper. If you can only name three Major League Baseball players right now, Bryce Harper's one of them. (laughs) Bryce Harper's hair is the other one. This is unbelievable what the Padres have done. Now, I'm not saying Machado's garbage, but he's good. You look at a guy, look at Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt is dealt from Arizona to, to St. Louis. Paul Goldschmidt is one of the best five players in baseball. And it's barely a headline. Machado, $300 million is the story right now. And Bryce Harper, dude, what is gonna, what's going to happen, Trent? Where's this guy going to go and how much can he make? He's got to, at this point, sign a one- or a two-year deal, doesn't he? he I mean, he's, he's going to make $350 million. Who's going to give it to him? People are ignoring the fact baseball has a salary cap. You can't just pay anybody any amount of money that you feel like you could earn. If not, the the Yankees legitimately would have two or three $300 million players on their payroll. They could support it. You can't. Well, you can, but you get taxed. Of course, and the tax, <laughs> then you're paying you know, the single tax, then you're paying a double tax. It's convoluted. It doesn't make any sense, and it's so silly that most people don't even realize there is a salary cap in baseball. Excuse me. But Machado, $300 million. Let me tell you the only stat that you need to know here. Manny Machado has hit about 100 of his home runs at home over the course of his career. He's hit 66 on the road during that same time period, which means that Camden Yards has been very friendly to him. Almost all of his home runs go to left field, left center into the power alley. Camden Yards, from home plate to left field, 363 feet. Petco, his new home, used to be 402. They have moved the fence in, but it's still 390. If you don't think that additional 27 feet is a big deal, you don't know anything about baseball. (laughs) There are a lot of long outs there. You know, every once in a while, he's going to barrel one and he's going to hit it 440 feet. I think his longest, if memory serves, the longest home run in his career is 466. And most of your power hitters in Major League Baseball have hit one 460, 470. But on average, they're just clearing the 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 uh, the fence in one of the power alleys, left center 
or right center. 30 feet is a big deal. A lot of those balls are going to go to die. And Trent, you talked about it. San Diego's brought big names there before. San Diego is a city that baseball players go to die. Petco, and I don't care what the analytics say about run scoring, blah, 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 blah. Name me a power hitter that's come out of San Diego in the last 15 years. It doesn't happen. You've seen the last of Manny Machado. He's going to be on what the back of a milk Gwynn carton soon. What's that? What was Tony G- Gwynn good for? Uh, slapping singles. But he exactly. didn't play at Petco. Though. He didn't play at Petco. So. Yeah, but still. Now, the other piece of this is that now that he's in the National League West, he's got to go play at Chavez Ravine. He's got to go play in the toughest park to hit home runs out there in San Francisco. Now, he does get to play at Coors Field a couple of times, and he gets to go to Arizona, both of which are very hitter-friendly. But half of his games are going to be played at Petco, which is a cavern for power hitters. Good luck, Manny. And, oh, by the way, we're ignoring the fact this guy is a knucklehead. And now you got a knucklehead who, whether you like it or not, is the center of gravity on your team. You don't get to pay a guy $30 million a year and not have him be the most important person in the room. Is that really what you want? This is a guy who said he ain't going to hustle. He is not going to run balls out. And now you've empowered this guy with $300 million. This contract has the potential to be the worst contract in sports history. Yeah, and I think when we look at this contract, how long is it, 10 years? When we look at this five years from now, how handcuffed the Padres are and how desolate they are. I mean, you fell out of your chair last year when they signed uh, Hosmer for $21 million. That's 27% of their payroll. Now they've got Hosma hit getting $21 million and Machado at 30. Five years from now, this has got to be in the top three of worst contracts in sports history. And you know what? I would love to go on a tirade and tell the world how I feel like Scott Boris is, is responsible for this. But the bottom line is Scott Boris is only half of the equation. All it took was one team to shell out this ridiculousness and it screwed everything. Dude, if $300 million for Machado, what's Mike Trout worth in his next deal? I mean, seriously, if you, if you could trade me, if I was offering you Mike Trout and you had the ability to clone players, how many Manny Machados would you trade me for Mike Trout? How many would it take before you got my attention? Oh, for no, you wouldn't even look at it. You I mean, you'd have to give me three or four of him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't even think that's a good deal. Right? You wouldn't even take it. Mike I Trout. wouldn't take it. Manny Machado wouldn't be. I don't know what it would take to get a Mike Trout. I can't think of a player right now. I don't think the player is in the major leagues right now that I would trade for Mike Trout. Well, and I mean, when you talk about trades, it's a combination of players because I'm sure that if the Padres had the opportunity, and I'm serious about this, if the Padres had the opportunity to take every single player on their major league roster, every single one of the guys on the 25-man roster, and trade them for Mike Trout, I think they'd do it. Yeah, I think there's several teams in Major League Baseball that would do that. And that includes Machado, if, if, if we're being completely real. I just want to know what Mike Trout 
is worth when he hits free agency because it's got to be north of $500 million. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, welcome back. I promise I've calmed down a little bit. Not a whole lot. Trent, you <laughs> told me you saw Twitter poll earlier. If you had $300 million, would you A, in- sign Manny Machado, mm-hmm. B, invested in the AAF, or C, buy candy? What's your choice? Well, I don't really uh, know who Candy is, but <laughs> I'll buy her. I like Candy. Peanut M&M's, $300 million. It's a lot of peanut M&M's. I mean, look, man, if, I'm a, if I was a multi-billionaire and I could stroke a check for $250 million, what better chance to take than to invest it into a startup football league? You know what I mean? You could do something mundane. You could buy a you know chain of convenience stores or you know some acquisition of some company somewhere that makes widgets, whatever, and put your money at risk. Why not do it with professional football? How yeah, cool is that? You know what, what I mean? It just depends on how big of a drop that is. I mean, two hundred and fifty million dollars or three hundred million dollars to somebody that probably has a net worth of billions is really not that big of a deal. That's like me investing twenty bucks. You know, I don't know if it's like you invest in twenty bucks, maybe like thirty-five. Well, how would you like to be AJ Preller? Do you think that he's going to survive his three-year extension as the Padres GM? Um, here's the deal: it doesn't matter. I mean, you read his wiki page, and he has the most asinine trades and team building skills I've ever seen in my life. They're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. And I, it, it it baffles me in this day and age of analytics, how nobody has come up with an algorithm that evaluates general managers. Mm. You know what I mean? To, to create the valuation of their trades and figure out what's what. Because A.J. Preller, here's, here's the situation. We've talked about this before. There are a lot of things I'd like to do in my life. 
I am not qualified or able or willing to work hard enough to be a professional football coach. I could probably go coach high school as an assistant, do that for a couple years and coach a high school football team. But me going and competing with guys like Bill Belichick on a daily basis, that dude's got too many years of experience. There's no way. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I also probably could not manage a baseball team. I think that's an underrated skill, trying to keep 25 guys on the same sheet of music where all of them think that they're the best player on the team. They all ought to be playing every day. You know, the pitchers want to do what they want to do. They want to come out when they want to come out. To try to manage that, it's not about the X's and O's in baseball. It's about the personalities. Wouldn't that be with any team, though? It's the same thing with basketball, too, if you're a head coach of basketball. I mean, even the personalities – are probably nah. I think they're on a level playing field. I think it with I think with basketball. I mean, there's it's a big part of it with basketball because the idea that we're you know putting together plays and calling them like we did in high school and all that, that really didn't happen. You're playing within a system, and it is about soothing egos and massaging. And I think that's why they call Phil Jackson the Zen Master because yeah. he was able he was the best of the lot of them to be able to take all those super egos and keep them in check for six championships. Yeah, probably never been anybody better at that than Phil Jackson. So that's a valid point. What I'm saying is that there are a lot of things that I know I could not do as it applies to sports management or executives. Yeah. Here's one thing I know I could do. I know I could be the general manager of a Major League Baseball team. There is no doubt in my mind that I could do as good a job as at least a third of the general manager in baseball. Yeah. I don't have any doubt. Not a doubt in my military mind. Do you not feel the same way? You know, thinking about it, I I mean, honestly, I think I, yeah, I think I could do a good job being a GM of a Major League Baseball. If you had access to... The inside scouting reports, the analytics, the algorithms that are used and all the rest of that stuff, the salary cap specialists and everybody around you, the resources that were out there, I think it's a job that a lot of people could do. Yeah. And that the guys I, the guys that have those jobs ought to be really thankful that they have them. Because some people, like A.J. Preller, aren't very good at it. And in this case, all he was really good at was spending somebody else's money. Because $300 million, I promise you, A.J. Preller probably knows enough that if it was his money, he wouldn't be writing checks to the tune of $300 million for Manny Machado. That's just how I feel about the whole situation. I think this is a ridiculous contract, and I think it has just destroyed even further what's already a broken system, the economics of Major League Baseball. And the other thing it does is, honestly, it lets a lot of general managers off the hook. Because if Manny Machado gets a three hundred million dollar deal, that makes the AJ or the uh, Albert Pujols contract look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It makes a deal for a guy like Joey Votto look a whole lot better. You know, these are contracts. Pujols being the worst of them because he has already kind of hit the end of his career, and now it's just dead money that you're going to have to pay the guy. But you got some of these contracts, you look a little bit into your crystal ball and you're like, uh, Joey Votto, by the time he gets to the end of that contract, is going to be in a wheelchair. But when your top-end salaries now are $30 million instead of $20 million, which they were just a couple years ago, takes the pain away a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I think we go into deals like this and we look and we're like, God, this Machado thing, it takes a lot of imagination to to see Machado 
being worth that as we move forward. And it could happen. I could be completely wrong and have egg on my face. I don't think it's going to happen here. But in the short term, I know that there is not a front office in this league that can look Bryce Harper in his eye and say, hey, Machado got $30 million a year for 10 years. We're offering you anything less than that. In fact, if you're not issue, you're if you're not offering at least ten percent annually more than that, it shouldn't even be a conversation that Bryce Harper's willing to entertain. Good for Scott Boris and going getting three hundred million dollars for Manny Machado. I don't know what you do for an encore because I don't know. There's only a handful of teams that can get into that stratosphere salary cap wise, or just salary in general wise, and. Of those teams that can do it, I don't know anybody's chomping at the bit to pay anybody. I don't know if they're willing to pay the second coming or even first coming to Ted Williams that kind of money. Because in the end, you have to field a team around that guy. And the economics of baseball, dude, starting pitching? Bro, starting pitching ain't cheap. And without it, you have all the offense in the world. Ask the Washington Nationals. They haven't met a better offense in baseball for the last five years. How many titles do they have? How many playoff series have they won? None. It's a bad deal, San Diego. You screwed this up. That's all I got for that. Yep. I, I'm right in that same boat. I think it's going to be – this is going to be a breaking point. I mean, back in 2000 when A-Rod signed that $252 million contract, the whole world shook. Where's and the thing? When, when A-Rod signed that contract – A-Rod was the best player in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but that was still unbelievable money. So where are we going? There's no way. Somebody, somebody, there is a child right now that is probably in Little League Baseball, if not lower league, T-ball, that could be a billion-dollar baseball player someday. Well, that's that's where we're going. That's assuming that Major League Baseball can sustain this. Because I'm here to tell you, I don't feel like it can. Yeah, I think that the television contracts that it is making its living off of now, because that's one of the primary sources of revenue, is television. I don't think these networks are going to be lining up indefinitely to continue to renew these contracts. And frankly, with the advent of all these other sporting things and reality TV and other things that are cheaper... I just don't at this point understand what the bang for your buck is cable television-wise. I mean, I've worked in advertising. I've been a marketer. And if I were out there looking for places to get my brand from a sporting standpoint, bro, honestly, unless I'm shooting at a demographic that's 65 and up, baseball's not where I'm going to spend my money. I promise you that. And I just don't think baseball is suddenly going to become become more popular with young kids. Um, I've got a house full of kids that couldn't give a rip about baseball. Now, you want to talk about the NBA? You want to talk about the NFL? It's in their consciousness. And the NBA keeps doing it better. You know, you've got this offseason coming up. From the day the finals finish, the NBA will remain at the top of everybody's list of things to talk about because of free agency. We have had the biggest name to hit free agency in, what, 15 years? 
dog whistle if there's any noise at all because it's at a frequency I can't hear. It's crickets, man. They've done nothing with this. And for the entire winter, what we hear, JT Rail Muto, JT Rail Muto, <laughs> JT Rail Muto. Dude, JT Rail Muto, really? Really? You're out of touch. We don't give a damn about JT Rail Muto. Buster Posey? Right? Right now? And that's the that has been the thing. Oh, he's the best catcher in baseball. No, he's not. That title belongs to a cat plays down there out there in San Francisco. Real Muto had a nice year. He's a nice backstop. Great. Okay. Cool. And there were a lot of teams that were interested. They were interested because they thought they could fleece the Marlins. And in the end, that may have been what happened. But this guy's not a superstar. And that was your lead story? I mean, every day I would check in with online resources on Major League Baseball, and there were more JT Real Muto stories. And I'd have to fish through them to get to the little anecdotal things about Bryce Harper and what might be happening. But even in a situation where you have that, there was no reason that Bryce Harper's situation should not have been their LeBron moment during the winter. And they never managed to do it. Bryce Harper was not even at the winter meetings. I mean, what about... I mean, in the NBA, this year's kind of a foregone conclusion. You know, Golden State should win the title. So what have we talked about all year? All we're talking about is where's Durant going to Where's KD? Where's Kyrie going to go? Yeah. Where's Anthony Davis They're all we. They have something. They always have us looking forward to next year. It was the same thing. Where's LeBron going to go? So it's like we don't even have to pay attention. We're just excited. We've talked about We've already had two or three shows where we're predicting who's going where. What? Bryce Harper. And that's looking he right past. He could be past. the face of your – that's looking right past the regular season and the playoffs and the championship series because we're like, eh, we already got it figured out. We're halfway through. And we don't through. even care. We're not even upset that no. that's the case. Baseball, bro, who's going to win the World Series? I don't know. It could be any one of eight teams. But we're not having a conversation about it, nor is anybody else, because nobody cares. Yeah. And then something like this happens, and, and you've got this Manny Machado situation. This is the last I'm going to talk about this dude because I'm tired of it. People don't even like this dude. Your baseball purists are what's keeping you alive. It's not the public at large. They don't care about baseball. Kids don't care about baseball. And your baseball purists watch Manny Machado and they're like, he's kind of an a-hole. Because he is. So well done, guys. He doesn't even hustle in the World Series. And does not apologize for it. Yeah, and doesn't even care. That's his thing. So, bet. All right, so I'm going to give you through this next break to think about this. But I want to know, in the aftermath of the NBA All-Star weekend, and we've just thrown all these accolades out at the uh, NBA, who was on this All-Star team or these All-Star teams that's not going to be back anytime soon? And I want to know who is on the horizon that's going to replace them. Give that some thought. We'll talk about it on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Sanford, North Carolina. Love you guys. Got an hour to go. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? 
Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back from the Chiefs. I was wrong going to the break. We've only got 45 minutes left. Time flies when you're having this much fun. And Trent, I asked before the break a loaded question because I knew you'd be unprepared. No. Even though I sent out a text giving you opportunity to prepare, I knew you would not be ready. I got caught up. So – Fantasy I'm going to pose hockey. this question again, and you're going to have to do this cold. So, of the All-Stars this year, give me three guys that are unlikely to be back next year. Three? Yeah. Dirk Nowinski, Dwayne no, Wade. No, no, no. Now, well, look, well, let's start that way, that because that's the that's the easy way to go here. So, <laughs> let's, you know, the, the whole Dirk Nowinski, Dwayne Wade thing, um, I'm actually really pleased with the NBA. Yeah. I think they did it. It was a cool thing. And it didn't tie up a normal all-star spot and keep somebody off of the team. But to honor Dirk and Dwayne Wade that way, um, it was a beautiful thing. And they accounted well for themselves. They were very gracious about it. Um, the NBA just keeps winning from a from a public relations standpoint. And as I was watching, Brandon, I wish he were here for this. You know, we were talking the other day about all of the trouble that NFL players seem to find themselves in on the regular. The difference between NFL players and NBA players, if you think about the NFL players that get in trouble, it's guys like Pac-Man Jones, Kareem Hunt. Um, the list, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on of guys that hit the blotter report from the NFL. And I think there's a lot of reasons for it. And it is fair to say – well, there's four or five times as many football players as there are basketball, so simple math just tells you, you know, they're going to be five times more likely to get in trouble. But the point is, when you hear about these NFL players getting in trouble, there are exceptions, but most of the time, it's guys that play positions like cornerback and running back and wide receiver. And the difference between those guys and – NBA players, mm-hmm. NBA players are so oversized that even the drunkest of <laughs> human beings is not going to call them. You know what I mean? If me and Tip Pac-Man Jones are sitting in a bar together, and whether I recognize him or not, there's only so much he's going to say to me before we're going to rumble. And you know what? He might give me a steak. But as we used to say back in school, I'll give him a hell of a sandwich. He's not that big a fella. You know what I mean? If Anthony Davis wants to take my girl home, I'll call him an Uber. <laughs> that dude is seven feet tall and weighs about 270 pounds. There's nothing me and Anthony Davis, uh, there's no sandwich for me to give, dude. You know what I mean? You'll be like, come back here. I'll bite your kneecaps. Right? You know, you think about it, and and we were talking about Zion Williamson through the break. Zion Williamson, nobody will ever 
challenge this dude to a fight. Nobody's going to go messing with these guys. And then it's compounded by the fact that these NBA players, we recognize them. Mm -hmm. If you're in Charlotte and you're any kind of sports fan, you probably can recognize anybody that plays for the Charlotte Hornets because you see them without a helmet, without face paint, every time you watch a game. Whereas the Panthers, if you're not Cam Newton or Christian McCaffrey, you're probably pretty anonymous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a contributing factor. Brandon pointed that out to me one day, and I was like, ah, it's dumb. Because that's how I react when he says things a lot of times. <laughs> and then when I reflected, as often happens, I was like, that's an excellent point, dude. I mean, it's right on. But the NFL or the NBA players, additionally, these guys have begun to transcend the knuckleheadedness that used to pervade in the NBA. These guys are well-spoken. They're in tune with the communications coming from the league. And yeah, there's a little bit of blowback and you get LeBron saying this, that, or the other, whatever. But you don't have any legitimate ugliness or dumbness coming out of these guys' mouths. Um, and I don't know if it's a testament to how much money they're making. I don't know what it is, but these guys are on it. And listening to Dwayne Wade the other day, I was just like, dude, this is perfect. No other athlete in any other sport would do this as well as he is. Talking about what an honor it is to play with greatness being around him. It's a tribute to his career. He's so thankful. All the rest of that. And I just thought that is what sports is supposed to be about, man. Mm -hmm. And the NBA... I don't mean to sound like a fanboy. They just keep doing it right. And they're not going to catch the NFL anytime soon. But MLB, pay attention, dude. Because you got Manny Machado who's like, what, why, me worry? I'm not going to hustle. You know, I don't know, man. I have beef with it. Yeah. I have beef. Now, while I, while I bought you some time there Whew, with that little rambling, what do you got? All right. Three guys that will not be all-stars next year. I'm all ears, brother. Uh, the first guy I am picking, and I apologize to our home fan base, but Kemba Walker. Shut your mouth. He will not be an all-star next year. Shut your mouth. No, sir. He will be close, but he won't make it. Okay. We will move up to one of your favorite teams. Up there in the Midwest, the Cheeseheads, Middleton, will not be an all-star next year. Interesting. And as we fly back down to North Carolina, we will stop at Dulles Airport or Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and we Either will one. tell Bradley Beal, oh. you might as well make a vacation plan because you... Will not be an all-star next year. You're harsh, dude. That, my friend, are the three guys that were there this year that won't be back okay. next year. So I'm not going to disagree with you about Chris Middleton. And and Middleton is a, Middleton's a nice ball player. Yeah. Not going to lie. Um, but I do think he's one of those fringe guys. The, the problem is there's so many young guys coming. There's well, so many guys coming, man. The other thing is that Middleton, although he is a big athlete, is not a big. And that's the easiest place for these guys to make an all-star team. 
You know, Al Horford was an all-star last year. Vukovic was Vucevic was a, an all-star this year. Those guys, when you look at them in the Pantheon, and they're surrounded by, you know, LeBron and KD and Damian Lillard and, and Steph Curry and the rest of those guys. It's like, eh, really? Are you, you know, one of these kids is doing his own thing. They really don't fit. Um, but Middleton being a three or a four, I agree with you that, that maybe his days are numbered. That might have been his you know, one time, and maybe he gets back to another, you know, all-star game or two as the years roll on, uh, but he would have to be at the top of my list. I'd put him above Kimba, who you had at number one. Kimba. Well, this wasn't the order. That's just how I announced it. Okay. All right. Here's, I'm going to, well, first of all, let's start where we agree. I'm going to say Chris Middleton is probably an easy guy to pick off. Mm-hmm. Um, my second on my list, though, and this hurts me because he's a Buckeye. But I'd have to say D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's having a career year. He deserved to be there. Um, he may well back it up and do it again. I don't know where he's going to play next year because I'm not certain that he's back in Brooklyn. That's going to have a lot to do with it. So I have questions about him. The third guy on my list, though, and you may not have seen this one coming, I thought you would have him on your list. I really did. That's Kyle Lowry. Duh! You forgot if you gave him. me four. Oh, really? I was like, how in the hell do you put Kimba on the uh, on on ice before uh, Kyle Lowry? Because unfortunately, it's everything we ever say about the Hornets. He's not a big enough name. With the names that I see coming, Kimba's going to be in that conversation, but he won't make that final cut. Kyle Lowry is the same, and that's why Bradley Beal, because Washington's not going to be relevant enough without Porter and without John Wall for most of the year, that Beal will have to try to carry it. But I think there's so many, there's so much young talent coming that those four guys, it's going to be hard to see them making that all-star well, roster. Here's the, here's the problem that Beal faces, too, is that, that, that one and two guard, that's the most competitive spots yeah. on those. So if there's an odd man out, I could see Beal not making it. I do kind of think that next year, He's safe because he's gonna have to be everything for that team. Yeah, you know, no John Wall, Otto Porter's gone now. Kelly Oubre was dealt earlier. It's Beal and a bunch of you know the seven dwarfs really. Yeah, um, the, you know the Dwight Howard thing hasn't worked out and 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 all the rest of that. So I think Beal in a big market maybe he's safe. Um, it is interesting that John Wall wasn't on the team this year because of injury, and will most certainly not be on the team next year. And John Wall is one of those guys that for you know the last few years, you go pencil it in. Yeah. It didn't matter what happened. You knew John Wall was going to be there and was going to be front and center. John Wall maybe is at the end of the road with regard to being a star in the NBA, but definitely will not be there next year taking up a space. Now, if we're going to take three or four of those guys off of the teams, that means we've got to look ahead and figure out who's on the come league-wide that can knock them off. And I'm going to start – with what would be the first time in a while. I'd have to look it up and see, but we don't have rookies in the NBA All-Star game anymore. There's sort of a a matter of steps that you have to take to get there. Ben Simmons was in his first All-Star game this year. This is actually year three for him, uh, depending upon how you look at it. But Simmons made his debut. Um, I honestly feel like Zion Williamson, just because of the power of what he's going to bring media-wise, wherever he goes, whether it's New York, Atlanta, wherever – I feel like Zion Williamson is a little bit better than 50-50 right now to be an all-star next year. How do you feel about that? I think 
it's going to be tough. I mean, I think if he's in a market like a New York, he ends up a Nick. Oh, if he's he a, has a a lock because well, of voting. Is he? Because wait a minute, let me let, let's think about this now. Let's assume that he does go to New York. Now, if he goes to New York and New York doesn't pull off any of the other moves that they're being talked about in relation to. Mm-hmm. So if it's Zion Williamson and pretty much the roster the way it stands now, Zion is a virtual lock to be an all-star. Period. Okay. Now, if you reset that, what if KD and Kyrie go to New York and Zion Williamson is the third wheel there? Does that team really get three all-stars? No. I mean, That's what you, I'm saying. You I got think to it's do tough some for things to, to get three all-stars onto a single team in the NBA in this day and age. The Golden State Warriors are the only team this year that had them, and they're, you know, three championships in the last four years. I think that with Zion, they're, the NBA thinks that Saturday night is just as important as Sunday. That they would rather have Zion in the dunk contest or in the rising futures. Well, it'll be in the Futures game, one way or the other. Interesting. We'll finish that thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back from the Chief Seats. Half an hour to go. I do want to make an announcement about trivia this coming week. There will be no trivia this what? coming week. Yeah, Cafe 129. <laughs> I was going to say Cafe 139, but it's Libations 139 where we uh, call our trivia home is going to close down so that they can reopen and do a grand opening as they change the format there. They're adding food and a liquor license and some other stuff. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, they will be closed this coming week. So no trivia. Um, Stay tuned, and I'll let you know what's going on as we move forward. But uh, I'm waiting on further guidance from them. I got a message from ownership Yesterday said, hey, I'll get back with you next week, but uh, this coming week, no trivia. So if you show up, you can't say I didn't tell you. Um, That's the best I got for you. Stay tuned. You got to listen to the whole show to catch us. Right. So before the break, we got half an hour to go. And before the break, I got a, I got a bombshell I'm going to drop on you. Uh oh! I, I, I've really been thinking about this, and I wanted to. I, I was trying to make sure that I didn't do this and sound like I was just trying to throw a bomb. 
But before I do that, let's finish the conversation about Zion Williamson. I think we agree that if he goes to New York and and KD and Kyrie get there with him, um, that probably means he's the odd man out. And the NBA, they make you pay your dues. I mean, think about guys that are not all-stars yet, and they're some of the biggest stars in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell's not been an all-star yet. Luka Doncic is lined up and has not been an all-star yet. Ben Simmons had to wait until year three to get in there. Um, So they're not just going to lace a rookie and send him out there, no matter how big he is. But if he's playing alongside those two guys, it's hard for to be imagined. Now, let's say for the sake of argument that he goes to Atlanta and he is the center of gravity out there, I think his chances are better in the very short term. But in terms of, you know, all-time stuff and where is where he is in the pantheon. I think New York is the best place he could hope to do. He could be a basketball god if he ends up there, whether KD and Kyrie go or not. So he'll be in his prime long after those cats have retired. But I say it's a little bit better than 50-50. You say? Less, probably 30% chance. 30% chance Zion yeah. Williamson is an all-star next year. Yep. Luka Doncic, assuming he's healthy, what are the odds that he's an all-star next year? It's got to be. 90%. Yeah, got to be. I, I'd say 90-95. He has to be on the all-star <clears throat> team. And that's where a guy like Chris Middleton, as good a ball player as he is, doesn't have that kind of, of uh, <clears throat> sex appeal. You know what I mean? Yep. All right, so those two guys. Donovan Mitchell, if he continues to do what he's doing now, he is the best player in Utah, and that's a very good team. Donovan Mitchell is a scoring guy. Um, the problem is, is there's such a backlog of ones and twos in the all-star game who does he unseat? Bradley Beal, I agree with you, is probably the most likely. Um, and Kemba. Bro, I don't know, man. I, I can't say that because I've said a million times, Kemba to me is the best Hornet of all time. Unless Kemba's game falls off, you cannot keep him out of that game. Hmm. Now, it also depends a lot on where he goes next. Let's say for the sake of argument he goes out to L.A. with LeBron. Does that work in his favor or does it work against him? I think it helps him because he's going to be on a bigger spotlight. But he's definitely the second-best player on the team. So yeah. there's there's where Doesn't your question matter. kind of comes in. Now, this year, the All-Star game being in Charlotte, Kimba could have done half as much as he did this year. He was still going to be on that All-Star team. They needed that to happen. But Kimba earned it. I don't think there's any disputing that. So that's going to be interesting moving forward. But So I think when it comes to Donkic, we say 90 95% chance that he's in the All-Star game. Porzingis is back next year, too. And Porzingis, bro, if he's on his game and he's healthy, he's the guy. Now, if he comes back, the guy that he bumps immediately, well, Vucevic is in the East, so I don't know. Well, yeah, but they don't go by East. Well, when they're putting the pool, they do. And yeah, then yeah, they're yeah, yeah, drafted yeah. the other way. But I think that one of those bigs. I think DeAndre Ayton's going to make it. Wow, Phoenix. Okay, I mean they may Phoenix may have two next year. Look, if there's one guy that got snubbed this year that probably should have been on it, I would say that the public at large, if they really put some thought into it, would say Donkic. How is Devin Booker not yeah. an All Star? No, that's what I was going to say. I think I both mean, Booker on. and Aiton will be All Stars. Wow, the NBA needs to showcase some of their bigger talent. Agreed. So Aiton. It's going to get in. Now, I do I, I do want to go back to something you said because it was inspired. You said that Williamson might be better served to be there on Saturday. I agree. In year one, if he comes in as a rookie and he's playing well, 
you know the media buzz about him is going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. But if this kid comes in and plays in the Futures game, that's must-see TV. Yep. And if this dude is in the dunk contest, Ooh. oh, God. Oh. And if that uh, bet comes true where uh, Giannis and that other guy actually join it, I can't remember who it was. The other one, he said, if you're in, I'm in. Man, dunk contest is back. How can Giannis not be in the dunk contest? How? Serious. But I think Zion will join it, dude. I, I don't I, As a to. rookie, for sure. I, mean, I watched four, him. A high school dunk contest yeah. he was in was sick. Yeah, four or five years from now, he'll be a big enough star that he's not going to touch it. There's a reason guys like LeBron go. They don't have anything to gain. So there's a reason that they stay out of it. But as a rookie, Ooh. Zion's got to be in. I mean, good God. And he may well smash a backboard at some point in the <laughs> NBA, which would be really cool to see because it's been forever <laughs> since that happened. So we got Williamson, Donkic, Mitchell on our list. I think besides There's a guy that you Donkic, haven't named yet, and I don't know what's well, going on. Well, here. here's the deal. The guy that's besides Donkic that has probably a 95% chance barring injury, Jason Tatum, dog. There you He's go. He's in. Welcome to the party. I was I was wondering how long it was going to take. I was take trying to hold off and not be a homer because I would put well, all those Celtics. Had we on gotten there. through one more Jaylen guy, Brown, Rozier, had get we, them had all we gotten there. through one more guy, I'd have, I'd have helped you out with yeah. that. Now here's another name that because Tatum, Tatum still got some work to do on his game because frankly, his potential, the flashes that we saw down the stretch and in the postseason last year. What has happened on the court for him this year has been a little bit of a letdown, I think, because I think a lot of us thought he's going to be a superstar very quickly. He's not a superstar yet, and he didn't earn his way onto the all-star team. I'm looking at guys like Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, even Doncic, and the numbers they put up, it's hard when you look at some of the cats that were on that on that team. But Tatum, you have to figure that at his age, with his skill set, that trajectory is still up. He'll be there. I'm not willing to say next year. I'm looking down the road two or three years, and then I think he becomes a fixture. Well, he might be a Simmons three-year after year three. Could be. But I think he's definitely there. He won the skills competition. His son, Deuce, kind of stole the show a couple of times on social media. So Tatum's going to be there, but. Tatum's such a nice kid, too, man. Yeah. There's part of me that hopes just because New Orleans has a little bit of a special place in my heart, that he is part of the package for Anthony Davis. And not because I want to see the Celtics give him up, but I would love for Tatum to go down there and be the center of gravity for that team for the next four or five years, and maybe longer than that, because he is the type guy that you can build a team around. He's got that type potential. And he seems to me to be a guy that is not me first. And, I, and, and that's not a bash against Anthony Davis because Davis has been down there for seven years, been you know as good a, um, a, a citizen as you could hope for, has never cried about it, and now it's kind of taken a bad rap with the media. But Anthony Davis has done his time toiling for a franchise like that. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, New Orleans should have put a team around him. It was not for lack of trying. Mm-mm. The Boogie Cousins thing didn't work chemistry-wise, but the bigger thing is they had such bad luck with wing play in a league where everybody else is getting wings and they just sort of scoring wings fall off trees. They couldn't get that, and that was the missing piece. I hope that New Orleans is not put into a situation where they have nobody with any star power there when Anthony Davis leaves because that almost, to me, would seem unfair to to the franchise. Well, watch this. They might get two. 
They might get Brown and Tatum. Wow. Celtics give up Brown, Tatum, and uh, two firsts. Well, then they're going to have AD's the same gone. problem the Celtics have, and that's that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum ought to be playing the same position. There, there you go. Exactly. I think it's a whole but, lot more likely. I think it's a whole lot more likely that it ends up being Tatum and Gordon Rozier. Hayward. No. Well, Gordon Hayward, yeah, that's true. Maybe. And I think because, my prediction and, and is Gordon Hayward will be the comeback player of the year next year. He might be. But here's what I'm going to say about He's Gordon Hayward. He's slowly coming back. Gordon Hayward is coming back, and it was crazy because we trashed him a couple weeks ago. No, no, no. Don't we us anything. You did. I Thank trashed you. him. Not me. I love you, Gordon. And then he turns around against Philly and is the player of the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gordon Hayward is close. But I do think if I'm, if I'm Danny Ainge and I'm in conversations with New Orleans and they will not come off this Tatum thing, and I believe that's what's going to happen, I think they're going to try to hold him hostage and say, look, man, Tatum or we're going to go deal with the Knicks, the Mavericks, whoever. In the end, if you're Boston and you're looking and they're able to sign Kyrie and you've got that window with all of that youth out there, you can add AD to that team and win a championship without Jason Tatum on it. But if I'm Danny Ainge and I'm looking down the barrel of that gun, I'm going to tell him, cool, you can have Tatum, but you're going to have to take Hayward's contract. And not that Gordon Hayward may not play himself back into that contract, but the likelihood right now that he's going to be a $25 million man and be worth that deal, not looking good. Mm-mm. Now, I would New say Orleans, good, done deal. when AD comes off the books and the fact that Tatum is on a rookie deal, they mm, can, do, can it. do that. I think I'd suck that contract up I think Jason Tatum will be the face of the Seattle Supersonics. Interesting. You, Which I don't you, want him to. I want him to stay in Boston. On that Supersonics thing. Not New Orleans or Seattle. I want him to stay with Boston. But I hear you. I'll take. You really want AD? I want Brad you? Stevens to win. I don't Fair really enough. want AD. I don't even know if I want Kyrie. But without Kyrie, I don't know, man. I think it's a pipe dream for that team to be the East powerhouse with everything well, else coming well, up. Let me let me let me let you in on a little secret. With the way this free agent class is going to play out, if Boston doesn't have Kyrie or AD when they finish these this game of musical chairs, eight seed, <laughs> right? They're not going to win a championship. Period. Now, with both of them, I think they become Ugh. right among the prohibitive favorites. But with neither of them, yeah, it could be rough. Yeah. We've we've kind of examined the possible landing spots, and and it wouldn't look good. Well, I'm sorry. Even if the Knicks only get KD. I will dust off my Knicks hat and go back to my original favorite team, which I'm was the New York Knickerbockers. If, if KD goes to the Knicks with Zion, though, that's my dream. Even dude. without, I, I am, I can't say this around Brandon Atkins because he, he, he is a KD hater. Uh, he hates KD almost as much as he hates Harden. But if KD goes to the Knicks, oh, don't say it. I won't say it. See you on the other side. Last segment coming up. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Queremos to todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, so let me, let me 
clean this up dun, before dun, I say dun, dun, it. Before dun. I say it. I am in the East. I have always had an affinity for the Charlotte Hornets from the time they came to the league. We, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I grew up right. in Chicago. So, and I'm, I could not, I was one of those, I hate Michael Jordan because he's too good. Oh, jeez. So I always tried to find Ooh. that team. And I, even though I was born in Indiana, I couldn't, I liked the Pacers a little bit. I hear you. Sixers was one of my favorite teams because I loved Iverson. But originally, John Starks, Patrick Ewing, Oakley, that was my team. It's funny that you say that, and it shows a little disparity in age between us. And Mason. I loved I Philly. Loved Mason. Because Dr. J played for the Sixers. Uh, but see? you don't know I missed that about him. all that. I don't remember him. Yeah. But here's the thing is is even before I moved to North Carolina all those years ago, I had an affinity for Charlotte. I thought they were cool. And a lot of that, as silly as it sounds, is the color of the uniforms. Blue is my favorite color. Ask my wife. She's like, why are you buying another blue shirt? I've already showed you a pair of blue shoes that I bought today. It's my thing. But I, I did love the Hornets then. I've moved here, and I have adopted the Charlotte Hornets as my NBA team. So in the NBA, my A number one team, beyond any shadow of a doubt, is Charlotte. I follow them more closely than any other team. I love them, and I want them to be good. But I am not an apologist. They're horrible, and they're a horribly run franchise. And right now they're stuck in basketball hell, as Brandon likes to say, sort of at that seven or eight line. And they're not going to make any hay in the playoffs. They're not going to challenge anybody. They're going to get swept in the first round. If they get one, it will be a success. But they're not going to. It's, it's going to be four and out. So that's where I'm at with that. Now, Unlike other leagues, because in the NFL I have a team. In the in MLB I have one team. In the NBA, I do allow myself to have an East team and a West team. My West team is beyond a shadow of a doubt the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's because I fell in love with KD and Russell Westbrook. I loved those guys. And it's funny, I can remember having a conversation in the middle of their run when they were really good, when they had Harden, and I told a guy who's a good friend of mine one day in talking, I said, these guys have got three of the best 15 players in in the world. And he was like, you're stupid. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I don't think you get how good Harden is. And here we are, and now looking back, people were like, oh, my God, they had three of the best 10 or 15 players in the whole world. How can they win? Harden was their sixth man coming off the bench. I loved those teams. And it wasn't just those guys. It was the other pieces around them. It was the Steven Adams and Nick Collisons and those guys. I loved those teams. I'm still down with RW 100%. Westbrook is my guy. I love that Paul George stayed there. I love the moves that they made. And you like Paul George now. I do. I'm all all for him because he's playing for the Thunder. When he was in Indiana, I was like, hey, he's trash. He was my favorite player in the NBA. There you go. Up until recently. And now he's having his best year of his life playing for Oklahoma City, and he's doing it. Nobody even realizes it. It's funny because all All-Star Weekend, they're talking, well, Paul George is one of the top three and as far as MVP. Yeah, he is. It's unbelievable what he's done stepping up his game. Uh, but I digress. My thing is is that I am not a Charlotte Hornet apologist. Mm-hmm. I will root for them against anybody in the NBA. But in the East, I do recognize right now and probably indefinitely moving forward – if I'm going to give a shit, I got to have another team to pull for in the East. <laughs> don't and go. And normally, don't go my go-to to rule City. is no. no New York and no L.A. teams. Oh. But KD, he and I have this relationship going back to the Thunder. You should. And if he goes to the Knicks, I'm not going to be able to help but root for KD a little bit. Oh, thank you. Plus, 
if KD's able to win a championship in New York, it's kind of a gouge into the eye to LeBron, yes. who I really want to like more than I do. And I'm not a LeBron hater, but come on, man. So that's where I'm at with that. But I do want to finish this conversation we started because I think it's interesting, and I yep. want to see where you're at with it. Okay. So we're talking about guys that may make the all-star team, and we've stated the obvious. I think Devin Booker is a guy that doesn't get the love that he ought to. Devin Booker is one hell of a basketball player. I love that you're like DeAndre Ayton may be in. I think Ayton's another guy that I'm like, oh, he's going to have to wait another year years. or two. Yeah. But you could be completely right. Now, the guy that I think is not necessarily on anybody's radar right now that I expect to be an all-star, if not next year, the following, De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. De'Aaron Fox went from 11-4 and last year to 17-7 and this year, and I think next year with a with a, a great cast around him. They really are doing some good things out in Sacramento. I think he makes that his team next year, and I expect him to average somewhere around 22-10. and 10. He's – De'Aaron Fox, last year, I think – I almost thought he was going to be a bust, like he was overhyped. But this year, you're absolutely correct. He is turning into a very nice player. And the other thing about it is he's fun to watch. He has got a little bit of Iverson in him. He's got great hair. He's got great hair. He looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. (coughs) But he's got great hair, and he's so fast. He's got... I almost said AI type speed. Mm. He's fast, fast. See, I would have to look at that. He's fast. And I'm not trying to put him in a class with with AI yet. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But De'Aaron Fox is fun to watch. I think that Sacramento team, I'm not going to be surprised if they sneak into the playoffs. People are sort of assuming right now that L.A. is going to get in and knock them off. Don't be so Well, that was kind of your uh, guilty pleasure last year anyways, saying that this team is a team that's got some pieces. And, buddy, Bagley's there. I love the ad of Harrison Barnes. But how is Bagley? I mean, I don't know much. Is he doing all right? Yeah, he's doing all right. He hadn't turned it on yet. He'll he'll ease into it. And I like what I see from him. It's a team in flux, and they've got a big decision to make in the offseason. I'm going to be very interested to see which way they go because it's one of those 50-50. I have no idea where they're at with it. Willie Cauley-Stein, who really hasn't been very good since he came out of Kentucky, Mm -hmm. in the last year and a half has turned into a good pro center. The problem is he's an unrestricted free agent this year, and he's already said, I'm trying to get paid. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Sacramento's going to do. I think that has a lot to do with what's going to happen with Bagley in the next year or two. Because if they commit and they throw a whole bunch of money into Colley Stein, I think the offense has to kind of go through him a little bit. Um, If they let him go, it may not necessarily be good for the team in the short term, but I think it opens up space for Bagley. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, But De'Aaron Fox is one of my guys off the radar. The other guy, we haven't talked about this dude, but assuming – that everything goes as it has in the past and he's back and healthy, DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, Boogie is not on the all-star team this year for good reason. I mean, he didn't play but five games. But you got to think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be somewhere next year where he is the center of gravity. Yeah. And it may be that he's in L.A. with LeBron, but he's second fiddle to LeBron. That's probably going to get you in the All-Star game. It's the center thing. I mean, and unfortunately, he's probably one of the best true centers in the game, if not the best. Yeah, I don't know if it's unfortunate. but No, it's it's unfortunate for a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? That's true. These younger guys that are the the taller guys. 
What about Oladipo? He may not be ready next year. And that's the problem. But he is really good, too. Absolutely. He's be and when you look at it and you look at the teams that are the, are the guys that are the most important to their teams and that are good teams, he's it. Oladipo's right there at the top of the list. Even though they're holding on right now. I'll be honest with you, though. I'm a little surprised that with Oladipo down, that Sabonis didn't get any love for the All Star game. And I guess if you were going to go or another Miles direction, Turner. that's what I was going to say, one or the other. Because if Miles Turner had made it instead of Vucevic, I don't think I would have batted an eye. No. Miles Turner is one of the few true centers playing in the NBA right now. But he was in the Futures game. Okay. He made it to Saturday. I, I got but you, still, man. He might be. He might creep. He's on he that. Could. He was he one of the guys besides DeAndre Ayton that I thought – He's going to get some love. He's going to be on that team. All right. One of the be other in his fourth year next year? Fourth, Third or fourth? Or fourth or, fourth or fifth. fifth? Yeah. He's been around for a minute now. Yeah. All right. So there's another guy, and this one's completely off the radar. Uh-oh. Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba? Mo Bamba. What has Mo Bamba done for you? No, Mo Bamba, I think... Mo Bamba, you know when he goes back healthy. Bamba. That's I, your new Puma shoes talking. That's funny. Oh, there, yeah, there you go. That was a, all right. Careful. Um, Sorry. No, Mo Bamba is a guy I think is a couple years away, um, and he's hurt right now. But I got a feeling about this kid. I don't know what it is. Why? Um, I just do. I got – we're playback the tape. You had no feeling about this guy. Mo? Yeah. I do now. I mean, I've seen him play in the NBA. In college. What did you think? Wait, 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 you, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the tape because I remember nothing about Mo being good. No, no, no. Good. You let, said let's he was go a back bust. to this. Let's go back. To, I didn't say he was a bust. Yes. No. What happened was out of nowhere, months in advance of the NBA draft, we were having a conversation about who the first pick in the draft would be, and I think me and Brandon were probably on a tirade about how Marvin Bagley III ought to be the fir, ought to be the first player taken in the draft, and we asked, "How is it possible that he will not?" And Robert Bricky, who is the professional basketball coach and scout, said, uh, there's a chance Mo Bamba might be the first player taken. <laughs> and we were like, who in the – who is Mo Bamba? And then you saw the video of him shooting threes. And then I went back and I looked and watched some Texas tape and I was like, okay, all right. Now, he's still isn't as good as Marvin Bagley, but he's good. But I like Mo Bamba. Um, what did you think of Durant at Texas? That's when I first liked him. His one year in Texas. You know what? He played I, good. And I even said I committed the capital crime of saying, this is the closest we'll come to Michael Jordan because they had the same kind of body type. That's funny that you say that because the guy that he Freshman reminded me year. of, and this is really showing my age, and this name will mean something to you, mm-hmm. but the guy that Durant most reminded me of when he was at Texas was Lynn Bias. Oh, Yeah. I mean, Lynn Bias was a little bit shorter, but just by a hair, but had that kind of length, had that kind of range. Lynn Bias, and we need to do an episode about Lynn Bias. In fact, we need to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Lynn Bias was so far ahead of his time as a prospect in the NBA. Had he not passed away, the Showtime Lakers would not have been a thing. Not at the level they were. Boston... Oh my God! If you add bias into that mix, McHale with Bird, McHale, Parrish, Johnson, bias, dude, 
Lynn Age. Bias was going to be that kind of NBA player. He was a very good college player. Was he? Did he overdose? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was cocaine overdose a couple days after the draft, yeah. and it, it truly changed the history of the NBA. The I don't think that people that didn't see him can understand and appreciate what he was going to do at the NBA level. That would be me. There were not players with about that kind of length that could play dying. facing the basket. Yeah. At the, up to that point, anybody that was as big as him was playing with their back to the basket. That's just how basketball was. Bias was a guy at that kind of size that could stretch the floor, put the ball on the floor, do things. And at Maryland, he was really, really good. But they hadn't quite figured out what to do with him yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Durant reminded me of that, but it wasn't the same type impact because I was like, okay, I was thinking more Dirk Nowitzki. And I thought that Durant might be limited with what he could do putting the ball on the floor because, you know, Nowitzki's not going to take anybody to 10, not with any regularity. Durant, to his credit, has developed that part of his game. And in doing so, has become one of the best five or six offensive players we've ever seen. So I didn't see that coming out of Texas. I thought he would be a big that was a liability in terms of rebounding and in terms of of, uh, defense. I didn't think he'd play the three in the NBA, and that's really what he's been is an oversized three, sometimes even a two. Um, I thought he would be Dirk Nowitzki. And and Nowitzki, to his credit, has got a championship and all that. He's got all the scoring numbers, the rest of that. But Nowitzki's never rebounded. He, you know, never played defense, never done any of that, and you know, for the most part, has been a four. Yeah, in his in his career, so Durant's better because he hasn't been that liability. That's where I'm at with that. Um, one guy that I want to add as we, as we roll into this, we were talking about guys that are going to come off that that All Star team next year. I'm going to say this, and this is the one I said I wanted to throw this out there, but I didn't want people to think, oh, he's just throwing a bomb to get a reaction. So Blake <gasps> Griffin. Blake Griffin yeah. will be out. Blake Griffin's days as an all-star are over. Thought about that, He's too. He's just not the guy he used to be. I love you, Blake. Whatever. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. This is from the Cheap Seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Cheap Seats Radio.